You are now listening to The Diana Lockett Show. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I'm Diana Lockett. I'm your realignment coach. And through this series of podcasts, my hope is to help give you quality information and strategies so that you can realign your life and realign in your heart. If anything I say to you lands in any way, my hope is that you could share it with your friends and do me a favor and go to iTunes and offer some feedback on iTunes so that together we can work to realign in the world. So today's podcast is called What Color Is Your Mood? The last week in January is the week that's known to be the most depressing week of the year. And it begins with Monday that is called Blue Monday. So it's a day where people are reported to have the least amount of energy, the least amount of motivation, and more down energy and and mood than typical. At this time of year, it's also where when we have seasonal changes like we do in Southern Ontario and in Canada, there has been less vitamin D, so we're not outside as much, there's not as much sunlight, we're cocooning, not connecting to people, and all of that leads to more depression, less motivation, and less joy. So as we move into this week, this last week of January, I want to remind you about something that's really important. If you're not feeling happy, I want you to acknowledge, and this is a hard pill to swallow, but the truth is that you are responsible for your happiness because you are responsible for your life. No one can make you happy. I've talked about this in many of my blogs. There's a movie, maybe about 15 years ago, called Jerry Maguire. And in the movie, the actor says to the actress that he is trying to fall in love with, he says to her, you complete me. And I just think, ah, that is yucky. Because with that quote, which many people went on to then replicate in their proposals and in their relationships, there's this belief, this seed that's being planted that the other person is responsible for your life and your happiness. Again, I remind you, you are responsible for your life and for your happiness. If you look to others to make you happy, you will always be seeking happiness because happiness does not come from external sources. Happiness is an inside job. If you want to be happy, you need to turn the lens onto yourself for sustained happiness. And happiness may not always mean that you're over the moon in a blissful state, but can you reach a state of contentment maybe a state of acceptance where no matter what is happening in your life, you know that in your deepest soul, in your heart, you know that there is this steady, unchangeable state that lies behind every experience, every event, and every emotion in your life. So I'm not saying that happiness means that you're walking around smiling, nor do I ever want you to put on a mask. If you're not feeling happy, don't feel happy. But can you recognize that one, you're responsible for your happiness, and two, maybe happiness can be defined as this state of contentment or the state of being that's always there and unchanging. So you can recognize that you might be feeling sad one day. Can you accept and be content in your state of sadness? You might be feeling angry one day. Can you be content and accept in the state of anger? There's a Buddhist nun named Pema Chodron, and she talks about how 
You are the sky. We are all the sky. And everything else is the weather and it changes constantly. So there's the state of being that you are and then there's all these things that come in and out of your awareness, all these experiences that come in and out of your life and they're constantly changing. We call that in Sanskrit, we call it spanda. And the idea is to let go of the struggle that there's something wrong when these changes happen. So sometimes we get stuck in the belief that there's something wrong with us when we're sad or there's something wrong with us when we're feeling edgy and angry and needing to react. These are all natural states that come with being an embodied human being. It's okay to feel those things. They're okay. Some days you might feel that your states are easy and effortless and everything is in a state of flow. And other days you're gonna feel like, really, again, like I'm getting more and more challenges in my life. When you can begin to let go of attaching to any one state, you can begin to acknowledge this constant, ever-flowing, unchangeable state that is part of who you are. So the really tough part is if you attach to one emotion, because you think that's the best one, like, oh my goodness, I want to feel this immense joy all the time, then you suppress the other emotions. We start putting on masks. The other emotions start to become shadows. And the work from Brene Brown tells us that when we suppress one emotion, we suppress all emotions. So if you're not willing to feel the states of sadness and anger and disappointment and grief that are moving through you, my guarantee is that you will not feel the most immense joys and bliss as well. You will find yourself in a state of mediocrity where you're kind of just in the middle ground and life is kind of happening and you're you're existing and you're co-contributing but you're not feeling the most incredible feelings that you can feel. So my suggestion is don't attach to any one state. Be willing to observe the states almost as if you're observing the clouds moving in, let them flow and try not to grab onto the good ones and try not to grab onto the ones that are not so good. And notice that even by using that language, good and not good, it attaches a judgment to your emotional state. Maybe we change that language. Maybe instead of creating a judgment around it, you can begin to observe the states of your experiences and your emotions, changing your language from I am angry, I am sad, I am happy. And instead, can you change your language to I notice that I feel sad in this moment. I notice that I feel anger in this moment. I notice that I feel joy in this moment. This little change in your language takes you from defining yourself by your experience or by your emotions to being able to witness that you are simply having an experience and it will change as certain as the clouds move through the sky. Again, the term we use in Sanskrit is spanda. It's the ebb and flow of life. And when you know that everything is always moving, that there's a constant contraction and expansion that happens in perfect harmony with the flow with the universe, you can begin to soften into your experiences. So here's some strategies and suggestions and a few acknowledged truths that I wanna share with you so that you can start to recognize that in what is recognized as the darkest time of the year, the last week in January, that happiness is always available for you. The first thing that I want you to acknowledge and recognize is the world is not as it is. The world is as you are. 
that we always see the world through the projection of our own lenses. And then comes the tough pill. If you don't like what you're seeing, change the lens. When you can begin to change and consider a growth mindset of happiness, that is, change your limiting beliefs, your limiting beliefs that you will never be happy, that happiness is not possible, or happiness will only be possible when this happens, when you find that relationship, when you promote yourself in this job, when you get the house, the next pair of shoes. If you believe that happiness is only attainable with external stimuli, with external things, including relationships, or if you believe that happiness will never be attainable, then I guarantee you, friends, you will not feel happy. To create any change in the world, you need to look inside and create a change in you. This is how you will begin to awaken to joy and happiness in your life. It starts with you. It's an inside job. Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. My favorite quote, look for beauty every day. Look for gratitude every day. They're both abundant. There's never a lack of things to be grateful for in our lives, and there's never a lack of beauty. It's abundant. We just have to open our eyes to it. When you do that, you start to expand into the space of joy and happiness and contentment. The second thing I want you to remember is to allow space and room for all of your emotions. Because remember the work from Brene Brown, if we numb one emotion, we numb all emotions. Everything is impermanent, including your emotions. So resist grasping the good clouds as they too will flow and resist trying to avoid the negative or judged negative clouds. Rather, trust that you can create, and this is a practice, you can create a state of contentment, knowing that all emotions are part of this embodied experience. This requires self-compassion, gentleness, and patience. The third thing is be brave. Be brave enough to be okay with the feelings that are uncomfortable. This is really hard if we've been brought up with having to suck it up, smile for the camera even though you're feeling angry, basically to dissociate and detach from the truth of the feelings that are moving through us, it takes a lot of courage to be able to sit in the feelings that are uncomfortable. Brene Brown says, only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. That means sitting with the negative feelings and maybe even seeing them as gifts. Instead of avoiding difficult times and emotions, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? Often these moments of darkness are our greatest teachers in disguise. And I know if you're in the dark space right now, that's a really hard thing to hear. I know, I've been there. And trust, please, that maybe in a month, six months, a year, two years, six years, 10 years, you will be able to look back and see the teachings. Pema Chodron says, nothing ever goes away until it has taught us what we need to know. So I ask you to consider how many times do you want to revisit the same lessons? If you can listen the first time, you won't have to keep receiving these same lessons. So be willing to sit with all emotions as they come in without attachment. 
The fourth point, which I've mentioned already, is avoid labeling emotions as bad or good or right or wrong. These are just conditionings that we've received. They're labels that we've put on that something is okay and something's not okay. They're just judgments. Instead, be willing to witness the emotions as states that happen and then let them pass. The next thing is so important. Friends, listen to this. I want you to become really clear about what makes you happy. We all have different definitions of happiness, but if you don't know what makes you happy, how can you be happy? This is a time for self-inquiry, exploration, maybe even adventure. Try new activities, explore new practices, and notice how they have an impact on your mood. There are many evidence-based practices that can increase happiness, exercise, yoga, meditation, breath work, being in nature, using frankincense essential oils, one of my favorite oils to diffuse. Research is showing that helps to elevate mood and decrease depression. So try any of these things and see how it can create a change in your life. Once you know what makes you happy, make a commitment to yourself. You deserve it. Do it every day. Every day, do the activity that makes you happy. My intention every day is to be outside, to exercise, to meditate, to practice breath work, pranayama, and to do something fun every day. To do something just because it's fun to do it, to play. I really don't think that we're here to be these stressful, busy little bees that move around every day and repeat and repeat and repeat. I really believe that one of our greatest gifts is to acknowledge and recognize that there is something magical waiting to show itself to us and it comes in the form of play. Get out every day and play. Play board games, play in the snow, run with your dog, do something that makes you feel energized, happy and laugh. Now, once you begin to notice what happiness feels like, remember that it's not a destination it's just part of this experience, the journey of life. So do regular tune-ins. Tune-ins where you can sit for a few moments and go inside and acknowledge what is your inner landscape experiencing in this moment? How do you feel? Where do you feel it? How's your breath feeling? All of these are really good indicators of how you're feeling and will help you to remember, okay, yes, I feel really good now, or I feel at calm and peace, or maybe I'm noticing that my solar plexus around the area of my belly is really activated right now and there's fear moving through me. Be willing to sit with what shows itself to you long enough that it can begin to dissolve. Whether you do this in your walks through nature, through meditation, or through breath work, Take time to notice and acknowledge what is happening inside you. The next step is to take a detox break from social media. Social media projects a false illusion of happiness and that leads to self-comparisons that we can never achieve ourselves. No one has a perfect life because we are all perfectly imperfect. So stop comparing yourself to someone else's picture. They are only showing you one snapshot of a perfectly imperfect life and we think that that's their entire life. Please friends, take a detox from social media, go out and live your life instead of scrolling through someone else's projected illusion of happiness. The next thing is to practice mindfulness with your thoughts. 
So our thoughts often lead to feelings of unhappiness. Notice the thoughts that you run regularly around worry, self-judgment, fear, anything that isn't a negative or a judged negative thought. When you become aware of these thoughts, acknowledge them and just like you did with your feelings, let them go. Don't attach to them. They're not your truth. They're simply, simply something that came into your mind and likely driven by the egoic mind and they're not likely even real. They're like little gremlins. They want to stay on your shoulder. They nag you all day long and you have to carry them. And over time, these gremlins become heavy. You can use a mantra like, I choose to release you. You could practice breath work like one breath, inhale and exhale. Let the gremlin float away. Let the thought float away. And remember that one breath can change your entire biochemistry in your body and your nervous system, making it possible to move from fight or flight and fear to a reasonable space in your brain where you can recognize the falseness of these thoughts. The other things that you could do to change your thoughts or release them is you can visualize them, put them on a cloud, imagine them, maybe they're a gremlin and they're floating away. It takes practice to cultivate a mindfulness awareness of thoughts practice, but trust that over time you can begin to rewire your brain to move through these steps quicker. Now the next thing is your brain has a hard time distinguishing between real and imagined states. Remember, the thoughts that you just had, the ones that are from the gremlins that you're holding on to, probably aren't even real. But you have these thoughts and they create an inner state, perhaps of panic, anxiety, depression, fear, whatever it might be, and they're not even real. So imagine then that you start to create an imaginary state of happiness. Perhaps you look at a picture and you create a beautiful, happy picture in your mind. Or you look at a picture of a painting and you start to feel that as being part of your truth and your connection. There's nothing short of magic about this. When you start to imagine a peaceful and a happy image in your mind, your brain starts to release the happy hormones into your body. Serotonin starts to move through your body and it increases your happiness. And I ask you, don't you need a little more magic in your life? The next step is to create meaningful communities and connections. It's easy to be in a blue state when you're sitting alone in your your cave or in your bedroom. Force yourself to get together with people. Perhaps join a circle, a healing circle. Notice how when you come together in community, the cuddle hormone called oxytocin starts to increase and it allows you to feel a greater state of connection with people. And oxytocin is also one of the feel-good hormones. So instead of sitting alone, make a commitment to connect with someone, get out of your room, go and see people. And the next thing is be in service. When you allow yourselves to offer yourself in service to others, you start to increase the feel-good hormones. You create more happiness. We're all meant to have purpose in our lives. So explore what your purpose is. And the hints that I give you here is, what are you good at? And what do you like to do for others? That's your service. Give your life more meaning and you will receive more joy back. And finally, make yourself accountable for your joy, happiness, for your life. If you find it difficult to get out of the house, connect with a friend who can hold you accountable and encourage them to 
hold you accountable to take these little steps to lean into the changes that you wish to bring into your life. You can also connect with a coach. I am a realignment life coach and coaches are meant to hold you accountable for the things that you want to do in your life. So schedule the time to connect with someone, tell them what your intentions are, write them down, schedule time in your calendars to do them, and see how you can start creating small little changes in your life that are going to create big changes in your body, in your nervous system, in your happiness. If this is something that you connected with, I want you to share this information. Take the time to connect to others, share this with them. Together, let's add a little less blue in our lives and a little more green, which for me is the color of love. It's the heart chakra. Thanks so much for listening, guys. So much love and blessings. I love you all. Talk to you soon.